0: Hello and welcome to another episode of African Jeopardy. My name is Ife and I'm recording from Crail in Scotland.
1: Hi, hi Ife, hi everyone. My name is Tihia. I'm the co-host of African Jeopardy and I'm recording from North Vancouver in Canada.
0: Today we're going to be talking about um, Minority Expert Voices and Facebook Diplomas. In quote. And we are going to, obviously I'm going to allow the here to explain quite briefly the motivation for this.
1: Yes, so to begin with, um, probably you're asking yourself now, what what is a Facebook diploma? Um, and what do we mean by minority expert voices? So uh, Facebook diplo- diploma, we refer to that to people like um, overall trolls, I would say, who would actually come in to silence voices of other people who might, Um, you know know what they're talking about or who are basically experts in their fields and those usually manifest themselves with um, I mean the Facebook diplomas manifest themselves with emotion as opposed to expertise and they can be quite many and the reason why they called Facebook diplomas really is a generalization of the entire realm of social media and people that can be on those social media that can be a result of silencing the voices of minorities.
0: Thank you so much for that explanation, Dihir. And I feel that this is actually a very important topic to talk about, especially when you take into account personally, like I feel that social media have really been a great space, not only for me to share my work, but also to engage with so many amazing people. But at the same time, it has been a space where I have seen colleagues friends feel withdrawn and 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 people that actually know that used to be really active all of a sudden disappearing because one they feel that sometimes the spaces can be toxic sometimes they feel that they're not really sure how to put things across because they fear for you know what it might mean for their work and so Rather than engaging or using that space for safe debate, they have literally um, withdrawn or withdrawn themselves and I feel that this is actually not something that should happen. I mean personally, I know that as a human being i might I, I might feel um some of the things especially when i'm trolled i don't even know if i've been trolled before but i guess the jury is still out on that I can, we'll find out later i but.
1: can remind you of some instances where you were really angry like what is going on why is this happening I know. You
0: know, but, I, know, <laughs> I know i know i know but but that's the thing but in the spirit of not letting them win in the spirit of you know knowing why you're there in the first place you're there to engage you're there to communicate so the question is then, how are we going to ensure that as minority voices, as as experts in our own right, that we we continue to use social media the way we intend to, which is to continue to share our research, to to, to share expert opinions when it's needed and also engage with other um, experts. That's the main question. Yes.
1: I, I agree with that, and I think that we need to go through uh, the instances and, and how they manifest themselves. Because it's not uh, when we talk about minorities, it can be a minority, you know, like an ethnic minority, like the color of your skin. It can be the name, your name. It can be, uh, you know, your your background. It can be your gender, basically. Um, and I'm fairly certain that each and every one of us um, within this space, I would I would generalize by saying that, but I'm I'm fairly sure that each and one of us has experienced some kind of um, silencing, basically, whether by trolls or other people that might think they're more, that that, that are more experts than them. And I do join your question that comes uh, whether sometimes it is just, is it actually like, I think it's a fair question, is it sometimes worth withdrawing um, when your mental health is at risk, for example, um, or is it worth the fight? and when is it worth
0: the fight you know yeah um that's a very important question and to be honest as someone that was born and raised in in a small town in in Nigeria in abba that i mean the way i was brought up and and the image of that town is no matter what you don't give up right <laughs> yeah I, I, I will come from the position of, you know, let's fight it out. We will see who gets tired, right? Yeah. But the problem, however, is that this is actually not an engagement. Sometimes it's not actually an engagement. It becomes like an opportunity for someone else to either insult your, your, your intelligence. And a lot of times when I say someone else, actually someone that is faceless, it's usually people that either have an avatar and, and do not literally have their own mind in terms of whether they in, engage those spaces. And so it's, it's, it, as it, it's, it appears that the space is created solely to undermine certain people, certain group of people. And this actually, these trolls, I, I I'll call them, feel triggered when certain terms are used in certain posts. I see if there's a censorship uh, around using certain subjects. So for instance, I would say for me, racism, it's it's whenever I've used such term like racism or white savior complex that I have sort of been engaged by people in a certain way. And it's fine because different people have different perspective about things, but it's only fine when you make actually an intelligible or you, you are willing to have an intelligible conversation about my post. It becomes bad and I'm not going to engage you any further when it becomes a space for you to either insult me or show that you you do not actually have a regard for that conversation or me as a person due to the way you're trying to engage. And, and so in a nutshell, I would say that it's just a question of knowing when to engage Mm -hmm. and not when to engage rather than, you know, losing your voice completely. I mean, letting them win. That is that, that's, Oh gosh, no, I, (laughs) I wouldn't want that to happen. Not for me at least.
1: I think we were, we were brought up in kind of the same mindset where you need to fight for basically everything. Uh, everything is a fight, you know, like you wake up in the morning, you know, you're going to fight for something that day. I just would like to uh, catch up on some things like there is no different perspectives on racism. Like, so these are triggers. And I completely agree. Those are the same triggers, add to that the notion of privilege, whenever I mention the term privilege, you know, people get triggered. Um, you know, and, and there is only one perspective on, on that and on racism, for example, it's bad. Racism is bad, simple. There is no other perspective. There is only one. And so I feel that this is such a thing that in our day and age that is so known that when we talk about racism, we should not be attacked, especially as minorities. But yet we are at a day and age where it's gonna be the case. And I'm sorry to say that it's not necessarily by people who uh, don't know you know, it's going to be by people who are well embedded, for example, within our field, but they feel that they're more, their ego pushes them to speak up. Um, I'm going to say that women tend to be undermined more than men, especially in our field. And i I would say I have experienced many times this, 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 you know, by whenever I, I write something, um, you know, smart, I would say on Twitter, for example, or on another platform, I would get, um, you know, not necessarily another perspective, but it's it's gonna be something that is um, more of an attack, I would say more than a personal attack or something of the sort. And it's really, it does, I do agree with the fact that we should not give up and we should not be silenced, but sometimes I just, I'm learning now to say, this is not my fight. You know, if I have said my piece, um, this is not my fight. And sometimes really draws me out of like some platforms that I find toxic. Um, You know, like it's it's it is it is good to take social media breaks, I would say, for any person. Um, Social media has been linked to, you know, mental health issues. And that's a fact we cannot like people saying just ignore bullies. We can't. You know, it's not something that a human, like you ignore, you repress your emotions by ignoring that. And it's not okay. You should not be repressing your emotions. You cannot just ignore. Ignoring is not necessarily good. You should address those emotions. But you can avoid those issues to begin with. And that's why many people actually will choose to withdraw from social media generally and just expect emails from colleagues if they want to engage with them. And I feel that that's a shame
0: and I absolutely agree with you on it being a shame because I can tell you for nothing I have benefited from the research and the work so many amazing people are doing and have done and I do not think that I would ever even had the opportunity to interact or engage with those work or even think of engaging with it without you know the fact that I have seen it be it on Facebook on on Twitter on on LinkedIn or any of the other social media platforms. So then to think that one of those researchers that have motivated me through their work is having to withdraw and and you know leaving that space or maybe still being there but no longer able to interact just because oh gosh, what are they gonna say? Oh they would now say, Oh, everything is about race. Well, if you have not experienced it, if you're not me, if you if you're not living my life, why would you? be in a position to tell me my definition of racism or my interpretation of what racism is. You might be looking at this you know, looking at this pen and and the fact that it was taken from someone and it didn't mean anything for you. You actually saw a pen being taken from someone. And then I'm seeing the same scenario and I'm telling you that this actually reflects an issue of race. And you're like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Everything is about racism. Exactly. You know, without actually trying to understand my position. Well, I am sorry. The fact that you're not seeing it doesn't mean that this is not my reality. And and, and and that is something we need to get right. I agree with you, here. We need to withdraw for our mental health. And I can yeah. tell you for nothing, you know this about Derek. He will be the one to tell me, okay, it's, it's enough now. You know, it's time to to back out a bit, right? Yeah. Because he knows as a human being, sometimes he gets to you. But like yeah. I said, due to my upbringing, I feel that I'm failing my ancestors if I, if I stop engaging, you know, I, yeah. I literally have to hold myself and say, you know, enough, enough now.
1: Yeah. Even well, though, right. you
0: know, you were born ready in terms of you were born to keep Our defending yourself.
1: Fighters, you know, and the warriors. <laughs> like Yeah. So, yeah. Every day, every day, one has to say it, every day in Africa is a fight for anything anything that you do, everything, like paperwork, going to get water, you know, everything. Internet is a fight, you know, when you connect on your computer and you're fighting to get that website, everything. It gets you ready. But the the thing that really shocks me the most is when you hear about racism, for example, someone tells you, here it goes again, racism again, it's usually someone who has never experienced it. And it's, it's, to me, it sounds like ridiculous and ridiculous that You've never, as a white person, never experienced racism, and yet you're given—you're trying to silence a person that, that has lived it probably her whole or his whole life, and it's ridiculous because it just puts you like in this—and I'm going to to apologize like this jerk kind of status. Because you cannot negate that to a person that has lived it and has that perspective. It's the same thing when, when, when women, for example, complain about harassment or complain about the lack of safety and then start talking about statistics. And men, not all of them, obviously, and there is this whole hashtag about not all men and everything because of some fragility, whatever. But there, it's going to be men that are often trying to undermine those statistics. And it's not about statistics, it's about the fact that you're a man or you're not a minority, undermining a minority's issue or a female issue when that she or he talks about those issues. And so it's really, or they, but it's really a matter of like, trying to put oneself in the shoes of others. You cannot have never be, for example, a white person that has never experienced racism and then go undermine a black person when that black person or any sort of minority actually talks about racism, it's just not. I mean, it's 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 beyond human. It's not political. Um, it's it's just not human, I think. And so I think that yes, we need to fight. We were brought up as fighters. We we were raised. It's in our DNA, if you will. Like I, as I said, even internet in Africa is a fight. You know, you have to fight with your computer to open, you know, your browser. Uh, <laughs> But at a certain point, if we don't have allies, and this is something that's really important because whenever this happens, to me at least, I did not feel supported by the said colleagues. Like, even though there is often like this out surge of, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry this happens to you, uh, you know, these kind of things. But to me, while it's great and it's, it's really amazing, but I have to say it is not enough Because it's good to tell me that you're sorry this happens to me, but then what do you do about the bully? What do you do about the troll? What do you do about those? Can you tell them, please stop doing that? Or is it offensive to tell them or you're afraid of being offensive by telling them or you do not want to be confrontational, you know? And I really project this often on what happens in the streets. What if this happens to me on the street? Will you actually step up because there is a fine line between mental and physical health, but it's, it, they're actually closely interlinked. So what, what, what would you do if you see someone being bullied on the street? Will you walk up and say, I'm sorry this happens to you and chase the bully away? Or will you just go see the person, wait until everything is done and then go tell the person, I'm sorry this has happened to you? I think both need to happen. And I think the, the second one, like chasing the bully away is more meaningful to me you know, chasing the racist away, chasing the bully away, is more meaningful to me, in my culture at least, than to tell me that you're sorry this has happened, because sorry are just words, and actions speak better, and so especially on social media, there is no physical threat, you can call off someone by saying, please stop, this is not appropriate, you know, reach out to that person privately, and tell them, please stop, this is not appropriate, but don't just, you need to act, and I don't feel that there is this support, this form of support on social media, unfortunately, there is always like the diplomatic approach or the politically correct approach to just telling the victim of bullying or trolling, you know, um, I'm sorry this has happened to you, which is great, and I really appreciate that, but it doesn't feel to me, I don't know about you, but it does not feel to me that it's actually enough to stop this from happening.
0: I actually agree with what you say in terms of the allyship and it's very important. I mean, we cannot deny, you know, how important it is and in, in, in Igbo, we call it like, how important to have an otimbu, literal English literal meaning is you know to have a backer someone behind you that is you know singing your praises you know even when you feel oh gosh I don't have the morale and they would sing so much praises that you will become energized in the knowledge that you know if if someone calls you a frog eater you can proudly say, yes, I do eat frog because you know you have people behind you that you can trust. And I do agree that, unfortunately, a lot of the times, <laughs> the so-called allyship is, again, I'm, I'm going to be going back to my usual lingo in terms of the, the lingo that I, I'm, I know as a Nigerian, I just are just there. A lot of the time, you actually find that you are on your own. You know, yeah. when push comes to shove, you're on your own. And then I remember... Growing up as a Nigerian in Aba, and the fact that I was brought up to know that nobody, nobody will blow your trumpet for you except you, and so I have actually lived my life in that knowledge. Even though I understand and I absolutely take and value allyship, and I am I'm, I'm grateful that I have allies, and I can also say that I'm, I'm, I'm someone else's ally, but at the same time, I do recognize that I am on my own because that recognition means that when push comes to shove, when those allies are not there for whatever reason, I can still handle my thing, right? And so the biggest question now, the biggest challenge is, again, especially personally as Ife, recognizing the importance of social media and i can tell you it has ena- enabled me the opportunity to engage with policymakers engage with policy implementers you know have that first initial conversation that then lead to something bigger and so i would hate for something to happen and all of a sudden i become withdrawn because of some bullies that that one do not actually appreciate that I have the right to, one, interpret things that I do interpret based on either my own evidence as a researcher or implied evidence based on other people's perspective. And at the end of the day, as human beings, that is exactly how we live in terms of, you know, either you are influenced by the actions that is taken by your mother or the actions that is taken by your father or your brothers or your sisters, or even people around you. And then to think that when certain um, views, especially your view, if it, it's not the dominant view, especially given where we live, uh, well, where I live, I live in, in a white space. And, and people do not like it when you say certain things, especially, like I said, the trigger words, racism, and white um, white savior mm-hmm. complex. It now becomes like a vitriol of, oh, here we go again. And I can tell you, there's a difference between here we go again and a difference between, okay, demanding for evidence for it. But I actually do know that even when you've provided evidence for that there, here we go again, they would never stop engaging in that negative way because their intent is to silence you and then to make it look as if it's in your head When you know in reality, this is practically and literally your reality. This is how it is. It is the racism. It is the white savior complex. And I do not think that in 2021, it should be acceptable for for anybody as an African, again, to be telling the stories of Africans or or sort of projecting what should be happening in the African continent when there are people that are well qualified to do those things that are actually African. I do yes. not, I actually find it very, very questionable. And, and if, like if... Have you asked them actually? So that's the point, especially no. when those people have not been engaged. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a spat on different issues that are from different races, that's fine. But then when you're going to come out as a, a, non, a non-African, for instance, to speak on behalf of Africans, about something that is affecting Africans without actually engaging them yes. in yes, 2021. 20, if that yeah. doesn't smell of, of, of white savior complex to, to anyone, then perhaps you actually need to go and reflect uh, uh, you know, how things are presented. And if you're going to come out and make sweeping statement about certain issues without necessarily thinking about, okay, what does this mean for those people? that these actually issues affect in real life? What does it mean? Um, is Is it probable, is it possible that I'm misrepresenting these things? If you're not actually willing to ask those questions and then trolls would engage or try to attack the people that are challenging those things that is happening or at least asking for fairness and representation of views, then what's the point?
1: It's like, I think something that you had raised like this provision of evidence, um, provide evidence. I don't think that in our day and age, we need to provide evidence of racism or of white saviorism. I think we've seen it enough. Uh, we don't need to provide that. I think it's, as you said, it's just a strategy to sound and make you actually reflect on a statement. Whenever you make a statement about racism or about you know white saviorism, for example, white privilege, it is not up to, I don't feel it at least that way. It's not up to you or to me to actually reflect on that because these are notions that have existed for such a long time and we're still experiencing them today that we should not be providing evidence for those. We should provide evidence that we're fighting against those, you know? And there are many cases, as you said, where um, it's quite easy to understand what it happens you know, have you engaged with a person within the country that you're claiming, you know, you know actually re- you, you have recommendations for, or within that minority, like, as, as you said, these swiping statements with sweeping statements with like, I cannot even I cannot even give examples, but because there are so many, you know, so many in our field, like in, in the thing that I experienced the most like we should stop fishing. Right. Men have, have never been hunters or bushmeat in Africa. You know, we have not, our ancestors were not hunters. They, they were born to plant avocados. That's actually the first thing they did. They planted avocados, sorry for the sarcasm, but basically, basically the idea is that we are put in a, in a position where we, we are demanded to provide evidence for something that is happening so much, it does not require evidence anymore like what what cave have you crawled out for to tell me to provide evidence of racism you know so yeah we are at that stage and that phase where to be honest like in terms of social media at really certain points like especially twitter um i don't use social media to engage with policymakers i have like other sorts of networks Um, I have used it to basically vulgarize the science. So, you know, talk about science in terms that people can actually understand or just share as a platform for sharing the research. You know, that's basically it, I don't engage on it. And even with that, with just that, you know it comes up really as, um, as difficult, you know. It's, it's, it's hard. And I to be honest, I have so many fights on my daily like, life and I do understand that I should not be giving up. But I have so many fights in my daily life on all sorts of fronts, that sometimes I feel that it's healthy for me to just like withdraw for a time and then go back and then withdraw for a time. But I don't feel like I let myself be silenced. Um, but I would appreciate allyship, to be honest, because we're humans um, and our mental health matters. And sometimes we are affected, however, fighters we are, how, how, no matter how much we have been brought up to be a fighter, sometimes it's just overwhelming. And so, I think that it's good sometimes. So, for our audience, for example, it's good sometimes to know that it's okay, it's okay to withdraw if you don't feel like if you feel that your mental health is being you know, jeopardize. It's not being a coward. It is not being, you know, like you're giving up. It is okay to withdraw. But if you feel that this is an important part of your work, it is okay to ask for help, you know? It is not being weak. It is not being like, you cannot, and even weak is okay. I always say this on my Instagram platform. I have thousands of followers and I say, being weak is okay. You are not expected as a human being to be strong at all times. It is okay to be weak it is okay to have an outburst of anger you know and nobody should judge you for that because anger is often a reaction to something it's triggered by something what did what was it we often study drivers in criminality and study drivers you know of piracy and study drivers and we and we acknowledge we need to address the drivers and not the symptoms you know like piracy or, or you know illegal fishing by the small scale sector drug trafficking being being you know overwhelmingly present within small scale communities And we do not talk about anger as a reaction to a trigger and see what that trigger is. So to me and for me on social media, it is okay to be angry, to be honest. It is okay when I see someone angry, I actually ask why, what happened? Why are you angry? Why did you say this? It's it's an actual legitimate reaction to something. If it's the case that we need to address that something, that trigger. And oftentimes a person deals with racism and sexism and misogyny her entire life. And she just does not need that drop of water that adds on top of that whole frustration on social media. And that drop of water might be a trigger, which is a sign of all the injustices that that person has been going through. And I feel that way quite often. I feel that way quite often. It is, I don't look like the average person in the Western world. And that gets me really a lot of, you know, in a lot of situations where I, that I feel that are unfair. Um, and sometimes I get angry. And sometimes I lash out, you know. And that's why I'm saying, like, maybe I should show less anger, at least on social media, because of this. It helps sometimes not to get colleagues wondering, you know, this this has turned crazy.
0: No, I mean that is absolutely um, very insightful what you've said, and and I do agree with you. Is about caring for number one, which is you, and. And again, no matter how hard, no matter how you've been engineered, I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't have social media, so nobody was actually prepared, no matter how, you know. We
1: just fought in the streets.
0: Even. Exactly, yeah. yeah, you fight it out, right? Yeah, you
1: fight it out, yeah.
0: But now it's like you're fighting a different um, enemy, which is quite can, can affect your mental health, as you stated. And, and it's just a thing of knowing when to back down and also knowing when to reach out to people. You know, it can be someone within your immediate environment to say, oh gosh, have a look at what's going on. What do I do? And, and that's that, the, the immediate action for you might be to, to turn it off. It might be to lock your, your social media page or to, to deactivate reflect and then come back with a with a better um, strategy of how are you going to engage but what I'd like to what I wouldn't want to see is for anyone to be silenced in terms of how they've been using social media to talk about their work how they've been using social media to highlight the injustices in the world whether it's something people do not want to hear it is those people's business. Because at the end of the day, we have to have some of these very difficult conversations. And if it is what it takes for the system to change, for people, certain people actually that should know better, to see and learn that it is not acceptable to do certain things, to understand that fact checking is is absolutely 100% important, especially when you are you are sort of engaging with an audience that are going to learn about these issues for the first time. You do not perpetrate this cycle of uh, supremacy, if I can use that, in the way you portray the other group already, um, you know, a group that is already feeling, I don't want to use the term marginalized, but in terms of how they are perceived by certain group of people as either lesser than them in the way things are viewed. And then you have, the impetus or an opportunity to throw or sort of to portray a picture of a certain issue and then you you do not get it right or at least you do not give those people an opportunity when i say these people i actually mean this group for instance it can be any group because i'm thankful again that in 2021 different groups are well represented are well represented when it comes to having S parts in different fields, no matter where you, you come from. So it's no longer acceptable that certain group of people are, are speaking on behalf of certain people and therefore, and it's only when this is happening that the, the, the tendency for misrepresentation is likely to happen, right? And this perpetuates this cycle of, again, I will use it again, white savior complex racism that actually feeds on people feeling superior than other groups when in fact you are yeah. basically the same on the same level in terms of being a human being first and nothing else yes. right so i hear you on 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 no one to to withdraw and it's also a note to myself but as as a person and as ife i would really hate for me to be silenced by by trolls, especially when I know that what I stand for is, is, is absolutely the right thing in terms of what I try to do with my research and what I, or how I've tried to use my, my social media spaces. But I, I absolutely get the advice about, about, you know, taking a break. And that's actually note to self, something that is worth taking into account here. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I have, I have taken a couple of breaks in the past. Um, It's, It's really something like getting to the level. This is my feeling about it. This is how I think about it. Like the, the, I often ask myself the question whenever I took a break, I often ask myself the question, you know, why am I taking this break? It becomes overwhelming. It becomes, you know, basically like the negativity is overwhelming um, where there is a lot of hypocrisy around like certain achievements of certain people as well. And then you look in your, you look in within yourself, and you see, okay, but I did have the support of people. And then you start asking yourself the question, did I? And in the absence of that, the support, the actual support you're looking for, this is like, in my perspective, I decide to withdraw. You know, and I not meaning blocking in everything, but just saying, okay, I'm not going to be present that much. If people want to see my research work, they can go on my scholar profile, basically. And, and it's or or email me or write to me on other platforms, but basically, or call me or text me, I don't know. But basically the idea is that the first question I ask myself, is this overwhelming? The second question, is it worth my energy? And then the third question, do I actually have, if it's worth my energy and if it's worth my time, do I actually have the support or it's gonna be all on me? You know, How much of a priority is this for me? And I think these questions all necessitated in my case, an actual answer. And if the answer is basically, no, it's not worth my time. No, I don't have support. No, it's not worth my energy. And yes, they can reach to me. You know, they can reach out to me anywhere else, like emails or whatever, then yeah, I'm going to take that break because it's not worth my time. Sometimes, yes, I feel that it's really, I use Twitter a lot, for example, as um, you know, literature review. Every morning, I would wake up and see what's new. You know, what are the papers that are out there? What should I be reading right now? Um, and I really like that because I, you know, I used to commute a lot and everything. But I, I just research now, I just do the research now, the good old way, and not on Twitter, but the good old way, because there is a lot of content on Twitter that I don't want myself to be exposed to, to be honest. I do not consider this as being like a cowardly thing. I think that it's more, for me, it's healthier, um, it's, especially for my mental health. Like I deal with a lot already, like a lot of rejection. I don't wanna see people brag about, humbly brag about you know, their achievements on Twitter. Uh, but also about people attacking. You know, like it's it's really something that I that I don't want to expose. I don't want to be exposed to anymore if I don't have the proper support for that. As you said, like what is the word in Nigerian in your language? Oh, Tim,
0: like What is it? Oh, like you Yeah,
1: I don't, behind you. Yeah, if I don't have that, it's not only really like yeah, you can do it. You can. Sorry. That was my son ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that is nigerian mama it's a country in africa in west africa but maybe one day we'll hopefully visit one day so it's uh, it's really something that um, now i lost the last lost track of what i was saying yes so it's basically it is not it's good that to have like a crowd behind saying yeah you can do this yes you were right and yes you can stick to your guns but it's also good to have the troops in front of you saying we're going to protect you no matter what. You know, we're here for you. We're going to take the fire. So I think that it's important to have, and I'm, I'm, I am I'm. would say that it's both, it probably represents both, uh, but it's good to have people behind you. Like when I decided to wear the hijab, um, you know, I was, I literally came out of the closet two years after I, like, and this is really funny for our um, <laughs> the two years in the closet, taking it literally. so. Uh, <laughs> So basically I, it took me two years because I did not have that kind of you know, support at the very beginning. I didn't have that. So I was really ashamed of saying, hey, I'm wearing the hijab. And it was at UBC, you know, like one of the best universities in the world where I had a lot of insults. I had a lot of actual very racist comments by some faculty members. Um, and the moment I decided to come out was when I left UBC and I had colleagues at Equitrust saying, This is awesome, this is really great. I you you should be proud of showing who you are and who your identity is. And I felt that. I had that support. But I also knew that these same people, if someone came up to me and insulted me, for example, the way that some people did at UBC, they would be, they would be out there for me, fighting for me. You know, not necessarily on Twitter, but this is in real life. And I don't feel the same thing on Twitter because I think. Twitter or social media in general, it stays written, and people do not want to have something on the record about their reaction to an injustice or to something. You know, I think that's also very important because it stays, and they can have issues stemming from that.
0: Yeah, um, and just to to tell our audience, the literal meaning of Otimbu it means praise singers, so. On um, on on a good day, it is actually good to have a team that are actually people you can trust. But at the same time, it's also important to know that there are. It is very possible to have a team that are only there when the going is good, right? Yeah. So when it actually comes to supporting you when it's needed, they might all disappear. Which is why. It's also very important to be your own otimbu sometimes, that is, be your own praise singer. And, and I try to do that now and again. But I absolutely agree with you, here. going back on this whole mental health thing. And, and in reality, you know that sometimes I reach out to you, right? Yeah. So you know the reality, you know, beyond saying, oh, this is me. And there are so many other people that I like. Oh, did
1: God. you see this? Did you see this? I am I so angry.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. So you know, having someone to, you know, sort of distract you from it for a while before you actually say something you would regret. And by when I, what I by say something you regret, I mean, deviating from that really practical point you were trying to make initially. You know, out of anger. So definitely taking a break is important and also knowing who your allies are and when i say allies you know people that will be there no matter what and it's actually helps if you have mentors and also you know if you if you if you work or if you are part of a union knowing where the spaces are to ask for help especially with this whole covid you know our mental health is is really taking it directly and indirectly we no longer have that freedom you know where Maybe we can say, okay, don't worry. When I go for a conference next week, I can stay in the hotel and forget about it.
1: <laughs> I don't feel guilty anymore. Leaving my kids, you know, fine.
0: kidding. Go yeah. So we no longer, unfortunately, have that privilege. Um, our hotels is is the bedrooms and 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 the kitchen where we're hiding or you but know different that- spaces
1: the clothes that
0: yeah. I hidden the clothes that wants to do a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's very important for us to take care of our mental health because there's only one life and, and these people would, would probably do it to you to silence you and move on to the next person. So to, to everyone listening, especially when, when you feel very passionate about your work and, and you know how you're trying to use social media to do that work. And I'm, I'm speaking now directly, given that, our our blog, our podcast is centered around African jeopardy, you know, talking about everything African. I'm speaking to my African sisters, my African brothers and and, and our allies. Uh, if, if you were ever in a position where you have felt threatened, just because you're voicing your opinion, especially on issue, you know, so much about on issue that is based on fact. Oh, yeah, emotions sometimes can, 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 can play a part, especially when actually some of the things you research is not just about research. You've actually also experienced it, and that is even when it becomes very, very challenging. When some of this research that we we are talking about, you know, you can write about it. You can talk about research and. talk about people affected by these issues but these people affected is also you because you live in those communities and so is you're not actually removed from some of the work that you're doing and so it's very impossible in those situations to remove emotions from it so just know when to to ask for help when to take a step back and and reflect but please Do not, do not, no matter what happens, you know, let these people silence you. But know when to take a break. Do not let them distract you from actually doing your work, you know, because sometimes this whole activism is a distraction because you end up doing so much activism, activism, but you're not actually doing the work itself. If you're a researcher, you're supposed to be doing research and producing research and and engaging with policymakers. So do not actually allow the activism to distract you from the main goal, which is doing that research and producing work that, that hopefully in the long run will bring about positive result for the communities that you engage with. Yes,
1: I think those are really great insights actually. Um, I don't, I don't, I think that we have said in terms of like advice and these kind of things, I think that we have said it is, you are, I mean, like you are to the, I'm talking to the audience going to experience this if you haven't already, chances are you've already had, whether you're an expert on your, on your field, whether you're not, but you just, you know, set an opinion of yours that is fairly legitimate and someone has uh, bullied you to, you know, to silence you or maybe you have been in the troll shoes or maybe you have been like that bully you know because it's not you know bullying does not have a you know a specific ethnic group or you know like it, it it's everywhere it's everywhere so just be wary about the words that we should all be worried about the words that we're using on social media um, about how we react and interact with people and the consequences of those words on people and i think this is really an important message um, and for the people on the other side, like the ones that feel silenced, and I felt that way, so I can I can speak to that a little bit more. Um, it is not about it is not necessarily about you, but it's about this injustice that is out there that people uh, will feel that it's easier to you know silence a woman, or it's easier to silence a person of color. Um, because of how the world has been shaped, because we are in a world of um, where racism prevails, unfortunately, where misogyny, where sexism prevail, um, and where bullying prevails. So it's, so it's not necessarily about you, but you you may be, and if you are a target, you can know that you can take that break, and it's okay to take that break, and it's okay to seek help.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you on on being okay to seek help. And on that note, I think it's very important to to practice what we preach, especially when I... I (laughs) I (laughs) I, know, I know. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm absolutely going to continue um, using social media the best way that I have, which is sharing my work. The amazing work that I do, and, and I put it this way: amazing work, because, like I said, I'm brought up in the knowledge yeah. that nobody can blow your trumpet for you except you. Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm absolutely going to do that. And if other people try, um, want to recognize what I do and say, "Oh well, you're doing great, I want to pat me on the back, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, but I absolutely know I'm doing great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I went to that too) yeah. <laughs>
0: anyways yeah it's really i always
1: say brag for yourself because nobody's gonna do it for you
0: absolutely and 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 in reality if 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 covid has has started and anything it should be that you know life is too small or no not too small life is too short (laughs) life is too short you know to gosh to allow all these things to affect you because at the end of the day we have families right we yes. should learn to, you know, remember to take a break and, and, and just, yeah, take a work and, and appreciate every minute because nobody's promised tomorrow. You know, I miss this whole noise. Anything can happen. And, and I think we should always bear that in mind and look after ourselves. Yes,
1: I completely agree with that. And I hope our audience actually saw the different perspectives and the different, you know, ideas here. Um, you're not alone. It you know, like just this is always something that I say at the end of every one of my lives on Instagram, you're not alone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not alone. There's always someone there for you. So um, thank you so much for for listening to us. You've been listening to the episode on Minority Expert Voices and Facebook Diplomas. And we hope that through our honest conversations, you've actually been able to pick something out. And if there's anything that you're taking away, let it be that you should recognize when to take a break. Yes, but yes. do not let the trolls silence you forever. Okay. You can take a break from a social media and you know, continue fighting fire for fire elsewhere.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, and call out for help. Maybe we can take the, those troll outs for you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> no, it's an anti-troll league.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um it's been an amazing um episode recording this with you, um, here. Thank you so much, everyone, and and do take care.
1: Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share this with everyone. Thank you.
0: Yeah, bye.